Yeah. We are going to talk about Prophet Isa, which is the Arabic name for Jesus, and Isaiah. And I'm going to prove to you that Prophet Isa was God's Isaiah. Now, when we look at the name of Isa or Jesus, you can practically get ready to say Isaiah. You see it? Isa, Isaiah, or Isaiah, okay? Prophet Isa was God's Isaiah. All right, now I want to take you to Genesis 22 and 1. In this verse of scripture, you're going to see how this is all connected to the eyes. And I'm going to show you how Isaiah, Isaac, Isa, all has something to do with the eyes. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Notice when we look at the name Isaac, we can see Esau. Okay, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now, I love looking up names, so I'm going to look up the name Moriah real quick. Let's find out what the name. It actually means land of teaching, land of Torah, um, to fear or revere the name of the Lord. Um, there's many different definitions for it, but I like the land of teaching. All right, because there is a lesson to be learned in this. Now, let me get back. Let me get back. And let's get back to this. Verse three. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. There we go again. I'm telling you, this is all connected to the eyes. And saw the place afar off. This is going into the big trick, okay, that God used, Allah used, to trick the disbelievers, all right? And I want to keep going. I really do. 
Verse 5, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. Now Abraham is saying him and Isaac is both about to go and worship the one and only true God. They're both about to worship. Verse 6, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his sons. Now, in the stead of his son. Now, the Christians, they love to push the narrative, and even according to the Gospels, that Jesus is the son. Although Allah don't have a son and you can't give him a son, they push the narrative that he is the son. But in this passage, we see that the son was rescued and something else was offered in its stead. Now, when we look at verse Eight, because the Christians love to pick, put this as a picture of Jesus being sacrificed when it says, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. Notice it says for a burnt offering. So you cannot connect that to a cross. Okay. Jesus was not burnt. The only thing you can get out of this is a lamb or a sheep could represent Israel or Israelites. And another Israelite would eventually be damned, okay, crucified or put in hell, however you put. But something has to be crispy, okay? It has to be a burnt offering. So looking at this verse, this passage, we see that something else was killed in the place of Esau or Isaac, okay? Now I want to keep going. 
I'm going to show you this connection with the eyes. Now I want to go to Genesis 27 and verse 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim. See, God is trying to tell us something. How come Esau, Isaac, all three of them have something to do with blindness? Okay, because Abraham was not blind. Okay, Jacob was not blind, but Isaac or Esau, he was blind. Now, there's a passage in the Bible that I want to show y'all. All right, it's in the book of Isaiah. And this is going to be Isaiah 42, 19. I want to start at verse um, 17. They shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images that say to the molten images, ye are our gods. Hear ye deaf, look ye blind, that ye may see. Who is blind but my servant? Uh-oh. Or as deaf as my messenger that I sent. Who is blind as he that is perfect? And blind as the Lord's servant. So we see this connection with blindness and servants, okay? Now I want to get back to Genesis 27 and 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau. <laughs> he called e Esau. His eldest son and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. Now, I can go on Genesis 27, okay? And I can go into detail on another broadcast. But here we have Isaac. He is connected to blindness, okay? And right now he's being deceived by his son, okay? Jacob pretending to be Esau, okay? Now I want to go to Isaiah chapter 6, 8 and 10. Now let's keep in mind, Esau is connected to blindness. This was Isaac, okay? Now we are in Isaiah chapter 6, 8 through 10. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, go and say unto this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and make their ears heavy. Now we're going to look at another translation. We're going to look at another translation. Okay. This is going to be Isaiah chapter 6 verse 10 and we're going to look at the new living translation it says harden their hearts of these people plug their ears shut their eyes okay now i want to go down to the do a rames bible dictionary and look what it says it says blind the heart of this people and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes Less, and that word less means otherwise. 
Otherwise, they will see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart and be converted. And I would heal them. So he is telling Isaiah to distract the people. He's telling Isaiah to blind the people. He's telling Isaiah to misguide the people. Otherwise, they will see. Otherwise, they will hear. Otherwise, they will be converted. Otherwise, God should heal them. So he's telling Isa, he's telling Isaiah, okay, to go and blind the heart of the people. Now, that is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10. That's in your Bible, okay? If you get on Bible Hub, you can look at this same scripture in many different translations. But he is literally telling Isaiah to do something he never told any of the other prophets prior to do. He's telling Isaiah to go out and to blind the people. Now, many Christians are very understudied, and they don't get this. They can't picture their Jesus going out to blind people. All they can see is Jesus going out to heal people, to make the people whole, okay, to cast the devil out of people. They couldn't picture, they can't even picture Isaiah. They can't even picture Isaiah going out to make the hearts of the people blind and to make their ears heavy. But this was his instructions. He was sent out to go and blind the people. Now, I want to fast forward and I want to show you how Jesus was sent to blind. He was sent to mislead the people. Now, there is a story in John chapter 5, verse 8, about an impotent man who had an infirmity. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Now, according to the Bible in Nehemiah and Jeremiah, and I'll just read one passage, but this is going to be Jeremiah 17, 22, neither carry forth a burden out of your houses, on the Sabbath day, neither do ye any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day as I commanded your father. So according to the Bible, you are not supposed to carry things on the Sabbath. Now, a lot of people do not even understand that even in the New Testament, there is no reference of anybody fully keeping the Sabbath because the Sabbath day was a day that only the law of Moses was supposed to be read. It wasn't supposed to be no teaching and no preaching and all that stuff. It was only supposed to be the law of Moses being adhered to, okay? And we have scriptures of the disciples and the apostles and even Jesus reasoning with the Jews on the Sabbath day. But on the Sabbath day, the law was for the law of Moses to be read, to be adhered to. Now, I want to go to John chapter 5, and I want to go to verse 9. Now, Jesus just literally told this man to break the law. He told him to, to, to take up his bed, take up his bed and walk. Hold up now. He told this man to take up his bed and walk. That was against the law of the Sabbath, okay? On the Sabbath day, you ain't supposed to do no carrying. And immediately the man was made whole in his, and he took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. 
The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry your bed. Now, a lot of Christians who do not, who do not study the Bible, they do not even know that on the Sabbath day, you're not supposed to carry stuff. Okay, so they'll say, oh, yeah, these people made up that law. No, that was actual law. You could not carry stuff on the Sabbath day. And here we have a picture of Jesus telling someone to violate the Sabbath day. And he answered them. He that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up your bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? Because this was totally against the law. And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus find of him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, my father work of hitherto and I work. So here it is on the Sabbath day. And Jesus is saying his father works and he is saying I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now, there you have it. You have scriptures of Jesus misleading. Now I want to go to my key scripture. I want to go to my key scripture. This is going to be the blind man. And I liken this blind man in this parable in John chapter 9 to the Christian. Okay, this is going to be John chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, does thou believe on the son of God? Okay, so Jesus is asking this man, and this man, I believe, is a type and shadow of the Christians, okay? He's asking this Christian, do you believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee, okay? This is probably the closest scripture you have in the Bible, to Jesus saying he is the son of God, okay? Because he didn't say it verbatim, but he said, hey, it is I, you know, who both spoke with you and you've seen him. So he's practically saying, look, you saw him and he's talking with you right now. Verse 38, and he said, Lord, I believe, now watch this, and he worshiped him, okay? Now God didn't, didn't instruct him to do this, Jesus didn't instruct him to do this. He did this on his own accord. Now, look what Jesus said in verse 39. And Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into this world that they would see might not see. Pause. Now, we just looked at all the Esau's. We looked at Isaac, okay, how he was dim, okay? We looked at how he was connected to blindness. Then we looked at Isaiah. He was sent to go 
and blind the hearts of the people. Okay, now we're looking at Isa, prophet Isa, and he is sent out. And what is he doing? He is making people who can see clearly not see. Now, this man, no dang well, he ain't supposed to be worshiping no man but God. But what is he doing? He is worshiping a man. Okay. And Jesus said, he didn't say this to the Pharisees. Okay. He wasn't speaking to the Sadducees. He wasn't speaking to the chief rulers. He's speaking to the Christian today. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to a normal man who was just blind. He's speaking to the blind Christian today. And he said, look, for judgment, I am come into this world that they would see not might see. And then watch this. And they which see might be made blind. There you go. Bang. Jesus coming into this world to blind people. Okay. He just misled the person who was carrying the mat. Okay. He just did that. Okay. And now he just told this normal person. He said, look, I've come in this world to make people who can't see, see. But also, looky here, I've come to make people who can see, cannot see. I've come to blind the people. Amazingly, all these connections. Now, a lot of people, they call Jesus the stumbling stone. They call him the rock of offense. Okay, but a stumbling stone is something that makes you fall. And all over the world, many people have failed. They have fell down and they have worshipped something that God created instead of worshiping the creator. Now, we know from the Bible, okay, that Jesus is called the stumbling stone, okay? This is through the letters of Paul, okay? And this is also referenced in Isaiah. And I want to get that. This is going to be Isaiah 8, 14. And he shall be for a sanctuary but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense. Now, me personally, it don't say Jesus in here, but this is my faith. This is what I believe. I'm not going to lie on the Bible and say something that's not in the Bible, but I believe this is speaking of Jesus. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling. Now, think about it. All these churches all over the world that has Jesus' name on it, this person he is talking about is going to be for sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, okay, for a gin and for a snare that's going into a trap, okay, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So that's talking about to the houses of Israel, both the northern and the southern kingdom, and is also speaking to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So this is speaking of the Christians. This is speaking of all people in general, because Christianity came from Israel. Israel pushed out Christianity, okay? So this man is going to be a stumbling block. He's going to be a stumbling stone, okay? to the inhabitants of Israel and to both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Verse 15, and many among them shall stumble and, and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. So Jesus is going to be the fall 
of many people. Many people are going to be deceived. They're going to be snared. They're going to be taken. What are they going to do? They're going to say things like this. Jesus is God. Although that is not in the Bible, nowhere verbatim. That's not in there. It's not in there verbatim. Okay. You could take the scripture where he says, you know, before Abraham, I am. But that's that's real sketchy. Okay. That's not plain. Jesus never once plainly said, I am God, worship me, because he wouldn't have made it. Okay. He would not have made it. <laughs> okay. So the people knew better. They know better not to be worshiping no man other than God. Okay. They knew this. But what was happening? There was the beginning of idolatry right there. Jesus was going to be a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Many Christians today, many people all over the world believe in something that's not true. They believe that Jesus died for their sins, and that is not true. They believe that Jesus is God, and that is not true. Jesus was set up to be one that would heal people who can see him for who he really is. He was nothing more than a man. He was nothing more than a messenger. Okay, he's Messiah. Okay, he was God's Isaiah. So those type of people that see him as he really is, particularly in Islam, we see him as he is. Okay, he's nothing more than a messenger. But for those who make him God, for those who worship him, okay, those people are going to be snared and they're going to be taken. Now think about it. Why would Jesus be made a stumbling stone for people who believe in him as just a man? Okay, so there so the people who believe in him as God, they're going to go to heaven, but the people who don't believe him believe him to be God, those are going to be the people that's going to be snared and taken. That don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. You're telling me the people that don't believe that Jesus is God, everybody that doesn't believe a man is God, everyone that doesn't believe God has a mother, everyone who doesn't believe God is a man, those are going to be the people that's going to stumble? No. The people that are going to stumble are going to be the people that believe that man is God, okay? which is one of the ancient sins of the Egyptians, they believed that mess, okay? They believed that man was God, and God had to humble Pharaoh for that same cause, okay? He had to kill his firstborns, okay? So the people that believe that Jesus is God, those are going to be the ones that's going to be snared, they're going to stumble, they're going to fall, they're going to be broken, and they're going to be taken. Now, Isaiah 8.16 says, bind up the testimony and seal the law among my disciples. So when we look all the way back to Genesis, God was planning a trick. Allah, so Allah, SWT. All praises be to Allah, okay? He set up this trick from the beginning for Christians, okay, to to trick them, to dupe them from the beginning. He did this. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This was the trick, okay, for the disbelievers, okay? Beginning with Isaac, 
beginning with dim-eyed Isaac, okay? When Abraham took his son to go and sacrifice him, and he didn't sacrifice his son, something else was sacrificed. This was the trick right there in its beginning stages, okay? God promised to snare the people through this stumbling stone, okay? And the people who believe that Jesus is God are going to fall in the mousetrap. Now, let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah was sent to go and blind the people. Now, what do we all have in Isaiah? We have Emmanuel, which nobody never called Jesus Emmanuel. Nobody went around calling him that. Then we have the scriptures where it says, unto us a child is born, a son is given, um, wonderful counselor, all these titles, mighty God. A child was going to be born called mighty God. And you telling me Isaiah wasn't sent to blind people? He was sent to blind people who would be so dumb to believe that, okay? And all these scriptures that the Christians have about Jesus being God and about him being crucified all come from the same prophet who was sent to go and blind the people because otherwise they would heal, they would be healed, okay? They would see and they would be converted. So the purpose of Isaiah was to keep people from being healed. He was sent to go and mislead the people. He was sent to misguide the people. That's why if you really study the book of Isaiah, which is the most monotheistic book in the Bible, it talks about God being one more than any book. Okay, all the famous, I am God and there's no one beside me, all those scriptures come from Isaiah. Isaiah put two narratives out there. He put the truth out there and he put falsehood out there, okay? He put the picture that God is one and there's no partners with him. And then he put out the scriptures that talk about Emmanuel and talk about a child being born that's gonna be called mighty God. He also painted the narrative of someone being made an offering for sin. Now the Christians, they jump all over Isaiah 53. There's no other scriptures in the entire Old Testament where it talks about a human being is going to be made a sacrifice for sin. The strongest scripture the Christians have, okay? And it is an assumption because Jesus' name ain't on it. Just think about it. Think about how wise God is, okay? When Jesus was supposedly crucified, he had a person on his left and he had a person on his right. Now, if Jesus' name is not in Isaiah 53, then how are we supposed to know which one was crucified? How are we supposed to be known? How, how are we supposed to know which one was made an offering for sin? If Jesus was crucified and it was one person on his right and one person on his left, okay? That's why I tell you, the Christian has nothing but conjecture. They have nothing but assumption. As much as they get mad in the comments, they cannot say that Jesus' name is in Isaiah 53. They can't even say Messiah is mentioned in Isaiah 53. I tell you what, they call him son of God so much, even though they say he's God, which I don't understand, okay? Son of God is not even mentioned in Isaiah 53. It simply says righteous servant in the next verse, okay? So this person who has made an offering for sin, there's no name on it. There's no name on it. All a Christian can do is use their Bible interpretation. All they can do is use their assumption. What the prophet Muhammad 
peace be upon him, told us, he said, all they have is conjecture. All they have is assumption. All they have is Bible interpretation. But there is no name on Isaiah 53. Okay, it just says, my servant, it seems to me that Allah planned this trick long ago when he told Isaac, okay, when he told Abraham, rather, to take his only son, you know, and to offer him up. And he didn't offer him up. He didn't kill him. He rescued him. Okay. He rescued Isaac. Okay. It seems to me that this was a trick set up long ago. And I just proved to you through all the Isas, even with Isaac, took you all the way back to Isaac. Took you all the way back to Isaac and, and Esau and Jacob and this big trick, this big trick, this big plan. Okay. Isaac. Okay. Isaiah. Okay. They all played a part in God's ultimate Isaiah, the Messiah. Isaiah, the Messiah. He was sent to mislead the people. Okay. And there's many scriptures in the gospel where Jesus does this. Okay. He told him in John chapter six, if you don't drink my blood, Okay, and eat my flesh, you ain't my disciples. <laughs> I mean, in John 6, 66, he lost most of his audience right there. But his disciples stayed with him, okay? Jesus was a light sent. It was so bright. It was to blind you, okay? You really thought God was gonna let Absalom have the kingdom? You really thought Absalom was going to be able to take over David's kingdom. And some of y'all probably thought that when y'all was reading that story for the first time, you really thought Absalom was going to be able to take over his father's kingdom. And y'all literally have painted a picture and Jesus is going to testify against you because he has nothing to do with you taking him and making him king over God. Okay. You literally thought that Jesus was going to be able to take over his own father's kingdom. You've been deceived. You fell in the mousetrap. And that's why I don't spend a lot of time harping on it, but I put the truth out because the truth was given to me. But if you want to be deceived, you can stay deceived. If you want to be blind, you can stay blind. Okay. And it even tells you that in the last book in Revelation. And I'm going to get that real quick. If you want to be ignorant, you can be ignorant. Let me get that for you. This is going to be Revelation 22, verse 11. I want to start at 10. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. If you want to stay ignorant, you can stay ignorant. OK, but I'll tell you what, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. If you literally thought that Jesus was going to take over his father's kingdom when they tried to make him king in John chapter six. OK. And I'll get that real quick. He ran and he hid. This is going to be John chapter six. Verse 15. 
When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Jesus was playing with the people, man. He was playing with them, okay? He literally was misguiding them in their face, okay? That's why they tried to kill him on many occasions, and he could not, okay? Because the Pharisees, they could see that the stuff that he was saying and the stuff that he was doing was against Torah. It was, okay? But God used Jesus as God's eye. Isaiah. That's as simple as I can put it. I put all the scripture references in the study. A lot of the people, um, they're they're sitting up there saying, oh, I'm a sorcerer and all these things and things like that. That's not true. All I'm doing is showing you what's in your Bible. Your Bible has many stories when God put a lying spirit in the mouth of Ahab prophets, okay? When God saved Rahab, when she was misleading the people that was looking for the spies. But God saved her, although she was a misleader. She was a misguider. There's many other references. There's many other stories. Jesus came not only to open up the blinded eyes, but he also came to make those who see and know better they know that man is not God. They know that God is not a man. He came to blind those people. All right. So there you have it. And I will be doing some debates today. We have a debate scheduled today at eight. We'll see if these people keep their word. But assalamu alaikum to my brothers in the truth and shalom to the people who claim to be Israelites that are waking up and realizing that they're in a cult. They're in a cult. Let me tell you something. Bishop Nathaniel, they haven't even cracked the Bible code to even know that Jesus didn't die for nobody's sins. Okay. They, they, they are so far behind. Okay. And all these Israelite camps are nothing but cults because they're stealing the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to Ishmael. Okay. We need to swallow our pride regardless of our race. I know we black and we think everybody owes something, but let me tell you something. The kingdom was taken from Israel, okay? And it was given to a Gentile heathen nation. And I believe the fruits of that kingdom is showing today. That kingdom is Ishmael, okay? That is catching hell today. They are catching hell today. They are dying today. They are bleeding today, okay? They are suffering the result of having the prophet, okay, of being in the nation of the prophet, all right? So, assalamu alaikum to my brothers in the truth, and shalom.